Welcome to Tomo Talks. I'm Tomo Marjanovic. I am here with the Viking chef, Riku O'Donohue, and we're going to talk about rock and roll, life changes, and nourishment. Stay tuned. Your background was not being a chef. Your background was not necessarily in the kitchen. You have a little bit of a different background in artistic did, did. form. Yeah, for sure. You were in a metal band. I was in a metal band. And you indeed. were the lead singer in the metal band. I was a guitarist, <laughs> yeah. So uh, during school, um, I had uh, suffered with a little bit of Asperger's and um, a, a quite a heavy form of dyslexia and stuff like that. So I was a little different as it were anyway. So I didn't really find my um, sort of ground in what I wanted to do academically uh, at all. I was all over the place a little bit. I loved chemistry and physics. Uh, they were two of my favorite subjects. Music was my most uh, loved sort of um, and cherished thing that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, my father actually bought me a drum kit when I was uh, seven or eight and then I just started doing it as it were they couldn't believe i just listened to things like guns and roses and just get on and play a whole album as it were so um the next thing was introducing me to classic classical instruments started on piano at school was very good but hated it because like the people are like you're a piano player that's yeah. really weird um i wanted to be the cool kid with a guitar because you know i wasn't cool at anything else i wasn't the sports kid or anything like that well, you grew up in a little bit of rock and roll era. No, no, 100%. And yeah. My, my uh, parents uh, also being um, major rock uh, fans as well. So my father, uh, like Judas Priest, Deep Purple, Def Leppard, stuff like that. My mother, yes, John Vangelis, um, Genesis, back when uh, Peter Gabriel was the singer and stuff. Mm -hmm. So lots of prog, um, Jethro Tull, that sort of thing. So I kind of just ended up, I guess, uh, digesting that every day and that sort of influencing um, what I'd listened to. And then I went through the teen era, as you do, and got introduced to uh, loads of lovely substances. Mm -hmm. And um, my mind expanded, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And um, I took a little bit of an electric uh, um, sort of division as well into drum and bass and uh, stuff like that. Um, ironically, now my cousin's married to a famous drum bass DJ. Um, and I'm like, I used to buy your stuff back in the day, <laughs> but I wouldn't anymore, but funnily enough. Um, I kind of got a mishmash of um, old, new, and this uh, weird electro uh, music, which was just hitting the scene as a teenager, and then started writing some really obscure, uh, I, I guess, I don't want to call it emo, but like emotionally based or life based. Um, lyric content with pretty angry riffs and, and stuff like that. Okay. And I guess that happens when you are rebelling against um, sort of the normal day-to-day bullcrap that happens in your life or whatever, and you're not really understanding what is going on or what's happening. So, because uh, you're a kid. Um, and metal was a great way of channeling energy and um, turning any negative uh, sort of feeling into positive. And something productive exactly and um not only that but it, like teaching me a lot as i'm doing it as well um so being the sort of science uh, buff that i was as well i wrote a lot of music about space and time and used to write sorry write loads of weird stuff based on what i thought was happening in the cosmos and uh, why we're all here and all that kind of thing which is really odd for a kid of you know like 13 14 years old funnily enough um 
get into my late 20s i'm uh working as a, sh a chef by now but uh, i was a um a pot wash at a michelin style restaurant and worked my way up i guess without being qualified while i was um studying uh but ended up in this band and was like cheers guys i'm uh i'm peacing out for a bit to pursue career uh, pursue a career in music um to which everyone was like yeah cool dude good luck good luck with that <laughs> um and that happened because i just wrote these tracks uh with a couple of uh, guys that i know um helping me out with some of the engineering side of things and then put it as everyone does on soundcloud spotify well not spotify then but soundcloud and uh myspace if you remember that we were just talking about that right, earlier okay, actually yeah. it's pretty funny it does exist mm -hmm. it was great it really helped back in the day um, do, do you remember writing the code for myspace it was yeah cool as hell. it was cool it was cool all that stuff was cool i, I miss i miss all those things um, amigas and uh commodore 64s <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and all that stuff yeah um dating ourselves my age now yeah i know we're dating ourselves yeah, a little yeah, bit for sure <laughs> um so, you know, doing that and then uh, releasing it and then getting a phone call saying, listen, um, this is really good. We'd like, to, uh, we'd like to record this and we'd like to put it out there for the world to see. Um, of a particular record label, which I'll get into a, a little bit later on our relationship and how that dwindled. Um, so we get the call, well, I get the call and then they say, um, come, uh, see us. I miss it. I'm like, eh, forget it. Mm -hmm. Not interested. Um, sounds too good to be true. Get another call and they're like, last chance. So um, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to get a train down to London and uh, I'm going to see what all this is about. So I'm like 22 now. Um, get down there and uh, there's a load of people outside a room. I stand in a queue. Eventually when I get dragged in an hour later, um, he's like, is this you? Um, Pete Rotherman, his name is, he presses play on a tape and it starts playing my music and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me. And he said, cool, um, who's playing everything? I was like, okay, there's a guy called Adrian, he's playing uh, this guitar and bass, I've done the drums, I've done the lead and I've done the vocals. Um, and then we've both had a little bit of uh, interaction with the keys. He's like, so you're not a band? I'm like, no, we're not a, we're not a band, we're just writing. You're right, cool. Well, you don't need him. There's a guy, there's a guy, there's a guy, there's a guy. Uh, they've all learned the music, play. And then made us play, and I'm like, he's shit. So he's like, cool, go. And then got someone else in, spent four hours doing that. He was like, are you happy? I'm like, Ur. So you picked your band basically right there in the studio. Picked a band. That's crazy. Really weird. Okay, that's usually not how it happens. Well, unfortunately, sometimes it is. Really? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't want to say any names, but there's a, there's a few huge bands in the US. And see, I, I, I love music. I wouldn't know that. Yeah. And most people probably wouldn't know no, that. No, no, So that's exactly. going to be something you're going to learn on, the, on listening to this. Some of it is, um, when it comes to sort of the commercial side of any uh, musical production, is put together by the production company, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they can they can really sort of get involved in everything that you're doing as well and completely tear it apart. And that's why I didn't end up staying in music, well, for many reasons, actually, but that was that was one of the big ones. It was the control thing. It was, uh, well, actually, this is our band. Sure. You're just a member of it that, we, that we're allowing. You know, as soon as you've wow. signed that contract, we own the music, we own everything else that goes with it. I've heard that a lot about record labels. I have a couple yeah. of friends that do uh, some hip hop stuff and 
it's it's brutal it's a brutal industry it is brutal yeah and it's getting better because of technology and it's getting better because of people being able to own their own stuff now well you can basically produce your own music at your house at this point 100 percent, and put it out there and you can just trend on youtube spotify whatever yeah and you're a superstar and they know that now yeah so now it's getting a, a lot more relaxed a, a lot better deals um because they're good for they're good for two things they're good mm -hmm. for merch and touring that's what you want a big um, and you toured a little bit. Yeah, I did tour. So with uh, one of my favorite metal bands, actually Trivium, oh, I used no. to listen to them. We didn't tour with Trivium, unfortunately. Oh, okay. yeah. I, oh I'm, I'm sorry. You no. know them, though. Yeah, we, yeah, I know them. <laughs> uh, hi, Matt. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, Matt, Matt being a funny one, actually. So I spoke to Matt um, 12 years ago when I was in my metal band, which was called the Parasite Syndicate. Um, uh, the Parasite Syndicate is uh, the government, basically. That's uh, that's what it meant. Still rings true right yeah, now. Yeah, still rings true right now, and <laughs> always will. Um, since <laughs> since the uh, dawn of ages, since man has been in control, I guess. Um, so we ended up on a tour with a band um, who were the opening band for Trivium. I got you. And uh, I met Matt through that. He can't remember. I can because it was Matt Heafy at the time. And um, I was like, wow, that's Matt Heafy from Trivium. They'd uh, just released, um, well, not just released, Ascendancy came, had been out for uh, three years and had been one of the biggest um, UK mm -hmm. albums on like the SCUS and uh, MTV2 uh, charts, as it were. So we ended up um, doing a tour, a local tour with uh, a few UK biggies, um, the Black Tongue and uh, people like that and then hitching a tour with Evanescence. Oh, cool. Um, for a little bit, uh, opening uh, slot. A few big festivals, a few big names, opening for Iron Maiden in uh, Download Festival. Um, and, and yeah, it just went from strength to strength. Got a little bit crazy um, on the road, as it does. We uh, and the guys that they sort of paired me with weren't ready at all. We weren't prepared in any way, shape or form. Gotcha for the um, silly behavior that we'd be displaying. And uh, the record label had to pay a lot of money out for damages and stuff. Typical that we rock star behavior. Yeah, and we were acting like it. We were taking yeah. pure um, pure advantage of that. And I'd never done anything like that in my life. When you guys were in your 20s, I mean. Young 20s as yeah. well, early 20s. Uh, actually, the drummer Stuart, he was like, uh, he was 19. So. It's kind of the time when you're going to do stupid shit no matter yeah. what, right? And, <laughs> so and we were. You guys just had more fun For sure. doing it. We were taking full advantage of that <laughs> and then paying the bills for us. So with the music career, I mean, you're an artist. So you're, I, I know your food. You're an artist. So through and through, I believe you're an artist no matter what medium you're actually practicing in. So how do you segue from metal band music? You know, I mean, you watched some pots and pans earlier in your, you know, career, in your career, yeah. I guess, over there. But how did you segue from doing this one artistic form of music to now becoming, I mean, you're a world-renowned chef. You, you know, you have Michelin stars under your belt. There's possibilities you're going to get more Michelin stars in the near future. Hint, hint. Yeah. So, Do you it. know, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, how does, how does that segue happen? Because that's a crazy career change. It's a, it's a crazy development. I guess it's a, uh one of those things where when you've come out of um, doing something that you love, but mm. has been quite um, negatively uh, sort of absorbed, you, you've, you've taken it and you haven't done the right thing with it. Um, you've got to just reassess what you want to do. And um, the, the opposite happened. So I wanted to sort of send a message to people with music, mm. as all 
music artists do, I guess. Um, and I was unsuccessful at it because I wasn't mature enough to do it in the right way. So, nourishment is um, something that I'm really, really into. And uh, nourishing doesn't just mean feeding someone something that uh, is healthy for them or healthy for their body. It can be an emotional uh, provocation or a um, emotional exper uh, experience or response to something that you're eating because of a story behind mm -hmm. it. Uh, we have a dish um, which is called the golden egg, which is ethical foie gras. Uh, how can foie gras be ethical? We recreate the flavor and the texture of foie gras using science. So that's where the, the chemistry comes in as well and helps me there. I guess being a little bit weird and overthinking stuff and thinking how we can do this and how we can use every last part of the animal because we're uh, huge on sustainability at immersion. Mm -hmm. um, and the beauty of having sort of two restaurant concepts, I guess, back to back, so London House and Immersion is, we get to use all the waste product of London House. And that goes into making 90% of our menus in Immersion. Which would be a sustainability thing, and there's uh, some sustainability in there, which is huge right now. Yeah, it is huge right now. And it should be. Um, there's a responsibility that chefs should be taking. Mm -hmm. um, uh, definitely restaurateurs, definitely restaurant owners should be thinking, how are they going to expand, and how are they going to produce more jobs? How are they going to um, you know, actually make money from restaurants and not waste it on the thing that they forget about, which is the food? The food, it's, it's very important when you're costing dishes and, and what have you and getting into the boring stuff now, but that freight's included, that um, mm -hmm. any, anything you cut off is included. Any, anything that might send the money down the toilet sure. effectively has been implemented into each um, dish, and that's the only way that you'll do it. Um, and it, to have a restaurant that has the ability to take any waste product and turn it into something that is classed as... Uh, you know, a, a world round worthy meal, as it were, mm -hmm. is a pretty special thing. It makes it hard, but that's the beauty of it. It's the creativity behind it, which um, makes it so bloody cool and like fascinating to do. And um, all this innovation that you have and um, speak of the innovation, we touched on it earlier. Innovating is literally taking something that already exists and making it more streamlined or making it better or uh, turning it into something else, developing that and adapting it to something else that's that's what we've been doing since you know we could walk well that, that's how that's how you succeed yeah. that's how i succeeded in my medical business you know what i mean i innovated that we we started i, I think uh, i eliminated a partner and then i was on my own two months before COVID happened yeah so i literally started my business during COVID, and, and look we, where you are now i i mean we yeah. we just opened up next to london house you know 3400 square foot facility multi-million dollar presence. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's crazy to think of, but we had no choice. We had to innovate, yeah. you know? So where do you get the inspiration on the food? Where do you get the inspiration on the sustainability and everything like that? Like, where does that come from? Or is that just something internal where you're just always kind of looking outside of the box? Always looking outside the box is correct. But also, I'm extremely passionate about sustainability. Um, I really do believe that... Uh, there's a lot of bullshit out there in the media and what have you on what it, what is true sustainability and what is good for the environment and what is bad for the environment and everyone has their own opinion on it mm -hmm. and all you can do is you know read research formulate your own opinion and go with that um i believe that food is 
catastrophic to the, the planet and the way that we consume, the way that we produce and the way that we uh, put it out there. Um, I'm less so bothered about uh, car fumes because yeah. trees need that shit to live. Yeah. Etc. Etc. There's there's science behind it. There's mixed sciences behind it. The pseudo sciences behind it, and then oh, yeah. there's opinion. So the green the green movement is largely, I don't want to say theoretical, but it's it's it's, it's largely theoretical. It's it's largely theoretical. It I even saying that yeah. we're probably going to get shit on on this on yeah. this episode. And I mean, it, like, <laughs> and, and and that's fine. It's okay. Uh, and all, all I could say is to anyone watching it is. Um, just research, man. When I say research, I mean research. I mean, don't just read some. Don't take my word as gospel, your word mm. as gospel, or anyone else's. Like, actually, actually delve into it and delve into the sciences uh, behind it. Global warming is a thing. Is it a thing because of what we're doing to the planet? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Is it evolving like that anyway? And would it anyway? Well, of course, because. It used to be bloody freezing. Yeah. It's getting warmer. The universe is getting, well, our particular uh, part of the universe is getting warmer. Uh, and there's in been the Milky multiple Way. ice ages on this planet. Pole flips and everything happening. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and do we know any of this stuff? Well, we don't really because we haven't been involved in any of it. You know, is any of it documented? Not really. There's tablets with scribbles on it. So <laughs> we don't know anything at this point. We just speculate and we um, can only understand what we understand through modern science. What I do know is. We don't know anything. We yep. think that we know some things, and th and that's about it. But what what I do know is um, overproduction of meat, and um, at a non-sustainable rate, using the world's grain to yep. do that. When yep. there are countries that can't afford to eat, and we're beefing up cows to sell um, at a mass consumption to make gluttonous, um, sick people because of it. Well, I mean, so the UK. Is, is kind of similar to the U.S. Yeah. In the gluttony side, in the food side. 100%. I mean, it's, it's really repulsive. So you were just in Dubai yes. recently. Yeah, absolutely. I was in Dubai as well. Yeah. I went there, and when I was there, I told you, I think I, I, think I was uh, explaining to you, I ate everything. Yeah. I don't usually dessert. So I'm pretty clean eating. You know how yeah, I yeah, order at sure. usually a London house when, I'm, when you're there. And I'm there, and I'm eating everything I want. Drinking, eating everything I want, enjoying myself for yeah. 10 days. I lost three pounds. Why did that happen? They don't contain food quality. quality. Yeah, it's 100%. food quality. Be because they have um, they have strict rules, uh, mm -hmm. especially in Sharia uh, law and what have you, or j just uh, the Islamic religion. It's um, it's a much leaner, mm -hmm. much cleaner diet. Even though they use a lot of um, animal fats, animal mm -hmm. fats aren't necessarily trans fats. Trans fats are the ones that do damage. And it's the uh, the bonding between the sugars, the fats, and the carbohydrates that cause this mass weight gain. And it's the lack of processed food. Yes. It's got nothing to do with the amount of anything else in it. It's the lack of processed food there. It's fresher food. I'm huge on food sourcing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't buy factory farmed meat. And I mean, I don't, I, I, everything is as natural as I possibly can buy. And it's expensive. It is expensive. And that, and that is the problem. And I get it. I understand there's a lot of people who can't afford it. Um, but there's got to be a way here to um, not have a saturated um almost inedible in some respects product that's sold back to the public as a burger that the you know flung in the freezer um they're going to defrost that or not defrost it you put it straight in an oven or a microwave now and then stick mm -hmm. it in a bun whack some cheese on top of it and eat it it's actually disgusting our system is ran by billions of different cells that are all working individually um 
under their own conscious, uh, I guess, in some respects, to keep you working. Mm -hmm. And imagine you've got thousands and thousands of workers um, and you're not giving them water, you're giving them Coca-Cola and fatty base shit every day. You know laden what's gonna with, happen? Yeah, laden with sugar, laden with... 100%. Nothing's gonna get done. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with your body. You know, you're putting that in, all your cells are like, ah, you're starving me of oxygen and all these, all these, you know, things that we need, all these, uh, you know, vitamins and uh, uh, proteins and stuff. And these are all getting blocked. And then the, 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 the big effect of that is the brain. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not giving the brain what it needs to um, flourish, to actually, to, to build new neurons well, it's, it's, and learn. <laughs> it's making modern society... Dubbed down. Obese. For sure. Ignorant. Yeah. Just not intelligent. Not even ignorant, just not intelligent. Our brains are actually processing a lot less information. Yeah. You know? Because they and can't, then can't keep up. They can't keep up. And then what are we getting shoved in our face? Kind of, we have a phone in our face. We have, uh, you know what I mean? Which is also dumbing everybody down. Of course. So it's a recipe for um, like ill nourishment, basically. And I'm very passionate about that. I hate it. It uh, makes me extremely angry that someone isn't willing to open a fridge and spend 45 minutes making something which is, one, going to taste better. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee that. Two, is going to be 90% um, better for them, mm -hmm. at least, even if it's saturated in fat. Mm -hmm. um, and three, not caring about yourself enough to do that. What's the problem here? There's obviously a global mental health problem that no one's addressing. Yeah. And it's being caused by the very thing um, which we do on a daily basis to keep us alive. It's actually doing the opposite. It's, uh, it's literally... Um, shitting on the planet and, uh, and and that's what we're doing with arms wide open and just not acknowledging that um you've got to start with what you put in your body you are what you eat right um it's as simple as that well and really who's is. and who's pushing this uh new way of living massive corporations exactly big pharma yeah because if people are fat and sick and brain dead. Well, they need them like that, don't they? Because otherwise, there's no business, right? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense to make everyone healthy. That's how they're. That's how they're making their money. Well, I mean, I tell everybody. So you know what our clinic does with the hormones and everything like yep, that, yep. and the. In fact, and, I'm um, approaching, um, have, ha kicking off that with you, as it were. You, yeah. you come, you come in and get no, some blood sure. work, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take do. care of you. Cool. Um, but with that, I tell everybody because we have people that are as young as the early twenties coming in, and they have testosterone level of a seventy-year-old man. Right. And I'm like, what do you think is the problem? And well, I, you know, I sit at a computer all day at work and then I go home and play video games and I'm like, okay, how's your diet? Oh, I eat this, this, this. And I'm like, well, your hormone profile is destroyed because yeah. number one, you're sedentary. Number two, you're eating garbage, legitimately garbage food, you know? And number three, you're, you're doing nothing to push yourself forward mentally, physically, like you said, nourishment. I love your idea of the word nourishment because people immediately think food. Mental nourishment, 100%. spiritual nourishment, and I mean, look, there's plenty of um, there's plenty of remedies, there's plenty of uh, diets mm -hmm. for the body. You don't really hear about diets for the brain, do you? You know, and uh, you know that can be as little as just putting less of something in your body mm -hmm. and giving you, you know, a, a, a clear path to sort of think then, and then using. Um, things like, well, not definitely not electronic devices, uh, devices and video games mm -hmm. to exercise the mind. Uh, conversations like this, uh, for example, you know, we're both going to take something out of it and go away and go, oh, okay, cool. And that's going to 
you know, start a, 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 a flourishment of a million different thoughts and mm -hmm. a million different um, neurons uh, all working together at the same time and all of a sudden you become smarter because of it. Mm -hmm. um, surround yourself with smart people, you get smarter. Surround yourself with healthy people, you get healthier. And that isn't what our health systems do. They, um, they put you in, you know, rooms full of other sick people and uh, then it's about, oh, let's have a conversation together about how bad we're feeling and, you know, why we're doing this to ourselves. And that doesn't work. It's, um, it's uh, hitting it at its core. Um, and the core is we've got a lot of sick people, mm -hmm. um, a lot of sick people. And whether it's physically or mentally uh, sick, they're both one and the same eventually. Because the balance is if the body doesn't work, the mind stops working. Yeah. And if the mind's kaput, the body will be kaput at some point. So how do we tackle that? Uh, you, you tackle it at a molecular level to start with, and uh, that is nourishment, mm -hmm. what you're putting in your body. As simple as that, that's the start. Um, the second thing is move your ass a little bit, move more, eat less. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. basically the, uh, the core of the, uh, uh, the problem there. And these things are addictive. So it's about using non-addictive uh, foods as well, but some addictive foods. I do use quite a lot of addictive foods. And when, when I talk about addictive foods, I mean things that um, are addictive, but you wouldn't know and um, they're not bad for you, for example. So chilies. Uh, capsaicin, extremely addictive. You can get addicted to the really? high that you get from it. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that. I do love like really hot salsa yeah. and really yeah. hot food, so that makes sense. Yeah, and okay. like you, 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 you're the actually sensation, craving I really, the sensation. Yeah, I love exactly. It. Yeah, and what's actually happening is um, there's a lot of um, other good chemicals, I guess. The uh, all the all the good stuff is being released into the. Um, bloodstream and you're getting a little bit of an adrenaline rush I guess uh, well not an adrenaline rush you're getting a you're getting a, uh, a euphoric high there's no adrenaline involved in it but um that that's brilliant and what that does is it ups your metabolism mm -hmm. it um you know you start that fat burning process and actually clearing yourself out they're really good uh, um, to bond to crap that you don't want in your body to get it out that, mm -hmm. that's what chilies are perfect for um, so your metabolism is now running twice as fast as it was and the amount of vitamin C in one chili is like having a whole bag of oranges, which is crazy. Wow. Um, they're one of the highest concentrated forms of vitamin C that you can possibly have. Hmm. That's why whenever I get sick, it's ginger, turmeric, chili. Does the, does the spice of the chili make a difference? So if it's a really hot chili, does it have more nutrients? It or? does, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the uh, nutrient content, as it were, goes right up based on the Scoville, okay. I guess, of the chili. So um, you can have a Scorpion Trinidad, which is, you know, one uh, 1.9 million um, uh, Scovilles. I don't even whatever. know what that is. It sounds painful. Yeah, it's very painful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they contain so much nourishment. Um, hmm. They're great for you. You know, you can you can eat one and get a buzz on for like 20, 20 30 minutes. And when I, when I say a buzz on, it's not like uh, taking drugs or anything like that, because don't do drugs, kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them. Um, Most of them are bad. <laughs> yeah. Drugs are bad. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but it, it gives you a sense of clarity. Okay. Um, it's kind of like the opposite to caffeine. If you have too much caffeine, you get a little bit chaotic and you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on, but I know I need to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. um, I'll use uh, chilies, so I'll put, um, I'll blend it or juice it or whatever. Um, just do it with a mask on if you're going to do it. Sure. Because it, otherwise you pepper spray the whole house and everyone has to evacuate. I've Speaking done, from experience. <laughs> I've, gotten, I've gotten pepper sprayed before. I don't want to do that no, again. No, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure cop, you have. Don't yeah, forget. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I've been pepper, um, spray, pepper sprayed and maced. Yeah. They're both bad. Same, but I wasn't 
wasn't a cop. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I apologize on no, no, behalf no, 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 of my no, no, ex-profession. Problem, no problem. <laughs> I, I probably deserved it, to be fair. Um, that was back in the metal band no, no, days, for sure, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I regularly put it in water, and it's spicy as hell, and I'm going bright red, and people are like, why are you doing this? My chef de cuisine, Alex, is like, is there something wrong with you? Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Because she doesn't like spice at all. Um, I get a at least an hour of this clarified vision on what I'm going to do for the next hour. And then I can compress four hours worth of normal work into an hour or two because of it. Because half of tackling um, a list is knowing what to prioritize and what not to prioritize. And that's hard for someone with uh, um, a little bit of dyslexia and uh, definitely being on the spectrum because... I, uh, it can be random a lot of the time. I'll just, mm. ooh, 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 my brain just goes off on whatever direction it wants to go on. Um, capsaicin gives me a real good um, sort of restart, as it were. It's like a reset button gets kicked off in the brain. And it's completely natural. It's completely, completely healthy. Completely natural and completely healthy. It's amazing. Yeah. And not only that, but I'm losing calories at exactly the same time because mm -hmm. it's it, it's a natural... Uh, oh, there's fat burners out there that have a whole hell of a lot of capsaicin. No, exactly. I mean, there's a lot in there. Yeah. I, I have a friend who owns a supplement company and his main product has a bunch in it. Right. And I mean, it's I'm sweating. It's great for I'm you. I'm sweating. Really is. My, my nose is clearing out. Yeah. I'm sweating everywhere. I mean, I'm draining out everywhere. Also, not, to not give away too many sort of secrets or sure, whatever, sure. if you're sculpting, it's really good uh, if you have a chili oil like a really hot one, to put it on the skin mm. in the area. And what it will do is it will seep into the skin and start burning the fat there as well. Mm. It's so good. It's literally like a super juice. Um, Probably a little uncomfortable at first. Well, it burns. Yeah. It does. Your yeah. skin can get a little irritated, but it will get used to it. And it will, if you're sculpting for competitions and stuff like that, it really does work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about immersion. What, okay. what is immersion? What are you doing right now? Um, what is immersion? That's a great question. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a cool concept. And again, I haven't done it yet. I'm going to. Um, I know you invited me about a month ago before you went to Dubai, and I haven't had a chance to get there because of opening the office. For sure. I'm I'm gonna get in there. I'm excited well, you're next about door, it. So I know I have no, no excuse. excuse. Man. It's how many courses? Okay, so it's gonna vary based on how much wastage there is. But in between, I can say in between twelve and eighteen, probably. Okay, feels like a lot of food, or is it? Or is it small portions and yeah. it's spread out? They're all kind of, um, I guess, moose boo size, as it were, mouthfuls okay. or two. Okay, uh, no more than that. There is. Uh, I guess um, an appetizer-sized course, which is what you class as the entree, I guess, in there as well. So we th use things like um, Egyptian goose because it's an invasive species to Florida. Mm. Um, they do better at being a goose than a Florida goose. We don't want that. Mm -hmm. That's why they're dying out. Mm -hmm. um, and they're also bringing in weird uh, parasites and stuff like that as well. So um, we're trying to do the area a favor as it were and that's about the green uh, uh, stars and sustainability um, and what have you what have you um, we use the offal we use everything on this goose to create different um, parts of the meal okay. throughout so if you think of that goose dish you've actually got three courses which contain some of that um, so that if you take off those three courses, then you just, you know, you're talking a mouthful. What you've really got, if you get a big plate, is 16 tiny little meals on one big plate, as it were. Mm -hmm. You're talking probably 500 grams. I know that's a weird measurement for you guys. 
<laughs> I'm tr trying to put in ounces now. Uh, got no idea. It's probably probably about 12 ounces of food. No, no, okay. no 12 ounces, that's wrong, that's wrong. 24 ounces. I was going to say a little more, yeah. Yeah, it's probably about 24 ounces of food um, with things attached uh, to it as well. So you're probably looking at in between 32 and 35 ounces in total with some of the liquids that get introduced uh, to it as well. So it's a full meal. Okay. It's like having a big portion of mash, a big steak, and I don't know, some vegetables there and a sauce over the top. You've got to be full at the end of the meal. If you're sure. not full at the end of the meal, you've got worms, go to the doctor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's a, it sounds like a lot of food, but it also really isn't. You don't leave um, feeling ill or bloated or overly um, full. We don't use a lot of fat in the food. We don't use a lot of carbs in the food. It's mostly lean proteins and lean vegetables. Okay. Um, and that's the way that I've always formulated my menus. For uh, one reason is there's a few luxury products on there which do add those fat components and it stays there. Everything else wants to be fresh mm -hmm. and be leading you into something that is um, unique and, and then rich. The rich parts should only come in, um, you know, peaks during the meal. It shouldn't be cream and butter the whole way through because you, then you're going to leave uh, wanting to just lie down. Like, do you have a bed here? Can I go to sleep sort of thing? We don't want that. The idea is here that um, it's still nourishment. It's still healthy for you. You're eating some uh, very valuable uh, elements of these uh I guess animals and um, and vegetables that you would normally throw away, sure, and uh, c contain a hell of a lot of nutritious value. So I like to believe when you leave, you you get a bit of a, ooh, that was that was an incredible experience, and we'll go more into the experience and what happens while you're eating and what have you. But the food itself, um, you know, it leaves you feeling good. Gotcha. Um, you don't feel heavy. You don't feel saturated. Mm -hmm. You know. I think that's an important word. It's the saturation, isn't it? It's uh, the the over salting and the over sugar and the over carbohydrates and, yeah. and all the dairy that gets added to these Michelin star meals, as it were. Sure. We try and avoid that. It's more of a acidic and a lot of um, uh, brined and pickled stuff for preservation and for flavor injection, um, and it makes it makes for a, a truly interesting. Um, sort of mouth experience as it were, because it's not your normal start with bubbles, end with deep reds, and then start on the sweet wines. It doesn't work like that. It's yeah. kind of like the we have riffs and arpeggios in music. I kind of write the play or the or, or the, the screenplay or the, um, the, the theater that's about to happen within immersion in the same way. Um, it doesn't want to build up and then drop off a little bit and build up again. It wants to peak and drop, peak and drop, peak sure. and drop. So you constantly feel like you're on an adventure rather than we're building up to something which, you know, not everybody's gonna get, not everybody's gonna like. So rather- It's it's different. It's different it people different. aren't used to that. Exactly, So yeah. outside of the food, there's a presentation factor of it that is extremely artistic. And I know because I remember when you guys were taking photographs of it. Yeah. Um, it's It's, mind-boggling how immersive it really is yeah. for all senses, not just the mouthfeel, not just the taste, for sure. but visually, uh, audibly, you guys have a whole setup. So yeah, explain a little bit about how that happened. As you arrive at Immersion, the first thing that happens is you um, you get taken to your table and we do a little uh, sensory experiment, we call it. Mm -hmm. So it's about 
not using your eyes, not using your ears and not using your nose and just using your mouth at that point. So you get a few pieces of apparatus to block off the or dull the sensors as it were, one of them being just your finger and your uh, thumb there to hold your nose. Um, and then we present a a um, thing that we put in your mouth. Okay. Um, <laughs> that dissolves on your tongue after it's been dipped in liquid nitrogen. The liquid ni nitrogen is only dangerous if you don't know how to use it. So um, don't freak out, guys. We know what we're doing. And, uh, well, at least we hope so. We'll see. And um, no lawsuits yet. That's all I'm saying. That's good. <laughs> but uh, what it does is um, the, uh, sorry, the um, leaf gets compressed uh, because when you freeze something, it contracts. Okay. When you heat something, it, it, it expands. Hmm. That, that's uh, so like ice. Uh, when water is compressed, turns into ice. Bait. So you're manipulating the food in an artistic way. Yeah, very, very much so. And using chemistry and physics to do that. Um, so when it hits your mouth for the first time, you're like, "Wow, that's cold." Mm -hmm. But because the um, the, the atoms or the uh, molecules even are so so loose in this particular product. The heat, the natural body heat, the 32 degrees centigrade, whatever that is in Fahrenheit, mm -hmm. goes bang and starts heating up the um, the product quicker than it normally would. It's kind of like if you freeze, sorry, if you boil water, it'll freeze quicker. Hmm. Um, because the molecules are so far away from each other. Mm -hmm. So it actually freezes all the air in between first, therefore freezing it um, at a much quicker rate. Interesting. Yeah. So we do little things like that, which yeah. play on the mind and on the senses. And then we get you to sort of take your uh, fingers and thumb off your nose and then uh, have a look around and start listening to the environment. And all of a sudden, the flavors that come to you are, um, well, out of this world and you don't expect it. And the reason is because we rely on our uh, tongue or our uh, taste buds on our palate to taste at least that's what we think what we don't realize is as soon as you've looked at what's about to go in your body mm -hmm. you've already told your brain or your brain's already told you how that tastes it's already doing it hmm. you can already taste that burger when you're looking at it you're like mm -hmm. oh i know exactly how that tastes we don't give you that option at the beginning so your brain doesn't get to trick you into already having a idea of what's going to go on so you get to truly taste you get the to food. truly taste the food wow and uh that came about because one day i was really hung over and ran downstairs needed a drink back in the uk they used to deliver bottles uh milk bottles to the door and they used to deliver orange fresh orange juice in the, exactly the same bottles mm -hmm. Um, and when I say I was blind drunk the night before, I was blind drunk. All the lights were off. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so dehydrated. So I flew down the stairs. I opened the fridge door. I grabbed hold of one of these bottles, and I was expecting it to be milk. It wasn't. It was orange juice. Um, and my body had an adverse reaction, actually, because of all this acid and, like, freshness. And I was expecting sort of cold and creamy. So I nearly vomited. Um, and at that point, I was like, oh, Wow. Just, just the not understanding or not knowing what's about to be, you know, consumed, and having a pre um, misconception of what is going to happen, sure. completely spun the whole experience on my head. So we do that. We do a lot of that. We do a lot of um, stuff that looks like something that it isn't. <laughs> um, you look at it and you go, oh, that's a, yeah, cool. Put it in your mouth and 
that isn't what I thought it was. What the hell? It breaks. Um, there's something else in the middle. So this is open to the public. Where do people, where can people find you and where can people come see you at Immersion? So Immersion is at a, a London house, which is 8,000 uh, Via Delagio Way in Orlando. And Immersion is the restaurant on the right-hand side of that. So as you come through the front door, Immersion, um, there's a sign on the door now saying Immersion in here, as it were. Okay. Um, we are open from Tuesday to Saturday, uh, one sitting only, seven o'clock. Uh, everyone eats at the same time because it, we create an atmosphere, as it were, and um, the atmosphere changes with every dish that's delivered. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like um, dinner in a movie, I guess. You, you're sitting down and you're completely immersed in in what's going on around you. So are they are they able to book that online? Are they able to? Yeah, for so sure. You can book it uh, if you go to the Instagram page. There's a, a link there. You can go online to London House's website, which is uh, LondonHouse.life. Um, there's an immersion slash immersion. Yeah, uh, there's an immersion page on there. You can go onto Open Table and also oh, it's on Open Table. Open Table, yeah. Oh, you can punch it into there and just uh, you can book. You can contact us directly via phone, email. You can contact me on Instagram if you want to. Sometimes I get back to you. Mostly the pretty ones. Um, <laughs> like me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm going to see you here in just a short amount of time. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm heading right over to London House. Oh, you, uh, cool. <laughs> you know, my office is right next door, obviously. Yeah, for sure. So I'll be over there. I'm going to come have lunch probably. I'm going to try to have dinner tonight, but you guys are booked up. Yeah, There's going to be a lot of people tonight. If you, if you know the chef, there might be something we can do. Okay, I might have to grease the chef. Yeah, yeah, get sure. Get a C-note <laughs> underneath the table. Just let me use your Aston Martin again. Absolutely, anytime. Yeah, cool. Anytime. <laughs> Tom, thanks for having me on. Man. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on, man. No